everyone, and welcome to another edition of the V Auto Podcast. I'm excited for this episode. It's a follow-up to an episode we just released here in uh, May of 2021. That episode featured a project involving Northwood University students who examined inventory and and process and, and practices at dealer Mark Bush's Bush Auto Place store in Wilmington, Ohio. This episode is going to dive even deeper into the specific recommendations that the students offered for Mark and his dealership. And to discuss all of those, we have dealer Mark Bush, Jennifer Patton, an instructor at Northwood University, and Patrick Janes, who heads up Stockwave's direct business development efforts for Viato and also serves as an adjunct instructor at Northwood. Welcome everyone to the podcast today. Thank you. Now, as we get started, uh, Mark, if you would, just for our listeners, give us a little bit of background on your store in Ohio. Uh, I do know that from looking at your uh, webpage, you're a second generation dealer. So maybe tell us how you got in the business and what prompted you to take over the store. Sure, sure. Um, We moved from Columbus down here in 1970. I was five at the time, but uh, my father bought into a Chevy Buick store uh, here in Wellington. And uh, I graduated from Northwood in 1987 and came back and started running that store and 1990, I bought out the local Pontiac Cadillac GMC store and kind of put it all together uh, and built this current dealership in 94. Um, of course, we've lost Pontiac and Oldsmobile, but we've got what's left of GM uh, mm-hmm. here. So uh, it's, you know, Northwood was great. After Northwood, I went to NADA's Dealer Academy and graduated from there in 88. And uh been running the company and owning it since 1990. And where would you uh, put your current, I know it, this is a little bit of a weird year to talk about volume, but just for our, our listeners, uh, new and used volume average on a monthly basis there? We're, we're averaging this year about 90 units a month, new and used. Okay. Uh, more like 40 new and 50 used. Um, you know, even during the pandemic, it's you know, I had a, did some major management changes I didn't say, I shouldn't say changes. I had a GM that was here for 43 years and retired in December of 19. And I brought in a new management team and uh, they have grown. And uh, mm-hmm. they're the reason the success, the success we've had for the last two years. Mark, I got a quick question for you. You said that 40 uh, new and 50 used. Historically, is that typical? Because I've heard from a lot of dealers that that ratio has changed over uh, the last year or better. Well, yeah, two years ago, we've probably been selling three used to one new. Okay. Um, so we've, we've really grown the new, um, and we've increased the used, too. But, uh, yeah, that ratio is a lot different two years ago. Yeah. Good, good. Well, let's let's dive into the to the meat of our, our conversation uh, here today. And, Jennifer, perhaps you and P- Patrick could give us a quick overview of the purpose and scope of the student project and, and how it fits in to the dealership management curriculum there at Northwood. Yeah, I'd be happy to. Thank you. Um, so Northwood University has a couple different paths that you can go on, the aftermarket path, the corporate path, and the retail path. Um, and so Mark's son, Joey, and his best friend, Brady, attend Northwood University. 
And so within our classes, we try and do as much experiential learning as we can. And so I presented the students an opportunity to take on a project in which we would deep dive into uh, a dealership's inventory and take a look at really what it takes to efficiently run um, the days to market. And that was really what our project was based upon. And we had a couple students in variable op volunteer to do that. Um, and then we had a couple students in the general management class volunteer to do that and they collaborated. So this wasn't necessarily a course requirement. It was something that students, which we have quite a bit of uh, students with tremendous leadership and initiatives. Um, and so they'll volunteer to take these on. We do a lot of things with NADA and um, auto shows around the country and in tons of different opportunities that students get involved in outside of Northwood. And so this was one that they volunteered to do. Um, and learn more about days to market. And so Mark was kind enough um, to let us use his dealership and give us access to his backend uh, V-Auto in which we had the great opportunity to meet with his um, performance manager, Claude. And Claude gave us a tutorial of what best practices would be. So the students got to experience if they were a dealer, how they would be advised. Um, and we all know that, you know, with underneath the Cox umbrella, there's tremendous amounts of um, access to information to be able to help us make better decisions. This was an opportunity for them to not only know about it, but actually use it to have an experience of diving into it, but then also getting the learning opportunity from experts such as Viato and Mark. Um, but then also the students have their own creative ideas. They look at things different with a fresh set of eyes. And so from their perspective, they were actually able to provide value back on some of those thoughts and directive. And, and as an instructor, I kind of guide that, just like you managing a podcast guide the conversation. Um, I do a lot of that with the students where we have a lot of industry experts that will come in, such as Patrick, and teach a class. And then we follow up with discussion and application. And so that, that's kind of how this project started, was an opportunity to really understand um, some of the things that we were being shown from Patrick's instruction. Interesting. Jennifer, I'll add to that on the, you know, Lance, curriculum-wise, um, we learned after the first year, I've been teaching up there for three years now, and, and after the first year, we started seeing the value in that kind of hands-on application. So we, we tr transformed into, we would do a lecture, and then the, a couple days later, they would actually have a lab where they would get into the V-Auto software, and, you know, we teach them about metrics and how to appraise a car and how to price a car, but then they would actually go into the software and get to get to do that. Uh, so I think that's just another step. And, and now you take this the step here where they're actually now going into a dealership and, you know, trying to x-ray a store, as we call it, in performance management world, and then try to find real problems. But, you know, it, uh, being a V Auto store, they're familiar with the software and can go in and look at the cars and the metrics and see what might be the issue with the vehicle from, from the V Auto side of the fence. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So, Mark, um, before we kind of talk about specific recommendations, what was the experience like? I, were you making yourself available? Did the students come to your store or was it more, you know, arm's length where they had the back end access and could kind of do their assessment that way? Well, a couple of things. Both Joey and Brady worked for me last summer. Okay. Um, and then I just got Jennifer with my performance manager and got her credentials to, to get into Viato. And she met with Claude. And I think students met with Claude. Well, I met with all of them at one time. Mm -hmm. but, uh, I was kind of hands off on it. it uh, Claude took them through it and it's get in the system and, and look at everything. So, 
So they weren't necessarily inspecting cars. They were just looking at what the cars were doing on online and, and that sort of thing. Okay. Okay. Well, the, um, now one of the things I know from the students' report, they looked at the way you merchandised your cars. And it looks like you received a grade of an A minus, which if, if, if you look, if you think about like how I did in high school, I'd take that any day of the week. Um, but what was your assessment of that grade? What was your reaction? My general sales manager was, uh, was very excited. <laughs> that was better than he expected. But okay. uh, yeah, that was. I was. I was proud of that. But uh, it. it uh, they. I got three people that really worked hard. From my general sales manager, my used car manager, and my sales coordinator. That all three of them work as a team, and, and try to make sure we're covering most of the bases. And what would be an example in terms of like, do you have targets for number of photos and that sort of thing that they strive to achieve? Yes, we try to get a minimum of 27 photos. Um, the sales coordinator, she'll work with the vendors knowing what needs, you know, dentless paint repair, what needs touch up paint and such. And so she'll coordinate. And, you know, you want to have that car detailed before the guy comes in to do that work. So she's very good you know, at getting that set up. Um, and knowing that we're under a clock to get all this done. So um, between those three managers, they, they work well together to achieve what happens. And I guess going back to a point Jennifer made on um, days to on days to sale or days to get it ready, what's the target and what's the actual performance there at your store? We're back to five days. When we started this project, we're more like 11 days. Okay. Um, and that's when I was short on the technicians and we were getting a backlog um we've now cleaned that up but uh, five days is the goal from okay safety detail picture great great now one of the uh student recommendations mark was that they thought your vehicles should show up a little higher as they were looking for your cars and similar cars on sites like auto traders and that your reviews from customers could use a little refreshing so I guess I'm, I'm curious, what have you done with respect to those recommendations specifically and any results maybe that you've seen from them? Let me start with the reviews. We yeah. launched a new website about six months ago and then because of that found out we were having an issue with links. And that's why the, okay. that was the issue with review, reviews. So that should be getting cleaned up here. It's, it's better now. It'll continue to get better. But thank God that came up because I, I had no idea uh, the, the old website link was going. So it was all screwed up. But uh, on the spotlights, um, you know, the, the only way to get more spotlights is to spend more money. And as we're sitting here, turning the inventory 15 times, 13 times, and 27 day supply, it's tough to throw more advertising dollars. But mm -hmm. as we all know, this market's going to soften. And and when it does, I would look at increasing that spend. But uh, it just doesn't make sense right now to throw more dollars out there with the way things are going to maybe Let me play that back, Mark. So you, uh, I guess in a more normal scenario, you might give that more weight. But it's not like there's a problem with demand and cars moving quickly. Okay. New or used. And it's, okay. It's, it's tough to increase spend when, when you're selling before they get off the truck. Yeah, <laughs> that is true. Um, 
another point, as we, we touched on a moment ago, is that the students examine how you're moving your cars uh, through service. And I think you mentioned you've seen some um, dramatic improvement there from uh, 11 days down to five. Um, but I understand part of that is related to a sales coordinator position. So could you tell me a little bit about that position? And I, I believe that actually predated this student project and may have helped with some of the results that you were able to see here. Yeah, we created that position probably six or seven years ago. Okay. And, uh, you know, she's in charge, you know, checking in inventory, whether new or used. The phone operator also handles that, but especially all the used, she does a deal jacket. She makes sure they get through service. She works with the vendors. Um, she gets the pictures, she gets them through detail, and, and then she gets everything pictured. And, uh, it's been a big help. So she coordinates with the vendors then too, as far as yes. when the work went? Okay, okay. She, so she coordinates with service and all the vendors and, and the detail shop. She's the one go-to person and she's responsible for getting all that through. Okay. Now you mentioned that you had a backlog before, and you might have hired some techs. Tell me a little bit about what that was, what that was like, and where you found the techs too. Um, we, we hired. I've been for a year. I've been trying to hire two. Okay. It took a long time to, to find the right ones. I, I had mentioned one of them was one of my parts guys who was a technician before, and decided he wanted to get back in the shop, and mm -hmm. uh, so he's really helped us get our used cars up and running um and the other guy was just a, a local technician we hired but uh yeah, i've spent most of the pandemic trying to hire people and it was very tough was that because of a lack of talent or maybe some of the talent was there but maybe there was some hesitation to go back to a physical workplace i i think a little bit of both i think we you know not just with technicians i've been trying to hire people for my bgc department and uh you know, I feel like we're competing with federal government and the state government trying to hire people um, it, uh, with the additional monies that are out there. Mm -hmm. That's the guy for a guy to say, hey, for the same dollar, I can sit at home. <laughs> so it's, and that's just my opinion. But, uh, sure. It's tough to hire people. Yep. Yep. Now, now the students made a, this this gets to throughput of, of cars and service and they made a suggestion. And I realize that maybe this pain point has dissipated of, of late uh, to some degree. But I was kind of intrigued by this. They they suggested that you prorate the internal labor rate um, so that if a car takes longer than it should, the service department gets paid less money, you know, if they if they miss a goal. But uh, I also understand that that maybe there's a, a safe harbor of sorts where if, if they tell you that or there's sort of advance notice that there's a problem that maybe that, in, you know, lower uh, rate for their work doesn't get activated. Um, so two points there. Have you inter uh, introduced that at your store? And, and and secondarily, if so, what uh, what are your thoughts about that practice? We we have not introduced it yet. I like the thought. Okay. Um, and you know, position I was in four or five months ago, I'd have done it in a heartbeat. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we all know that money motivates people, and, and loss of money may motivate people also. 
Um, so, and in WIF, when we get back to that point where there's a backlog, we'll definitely look at implementing that. Um, I like the idea. I like the idea. We do it, you know, we do it in other aspects of the business. F and I, contracts over 10 days old, you get penalized. So, you know, you don't want to tie your cash up. And, and that's, it's a motivation to get people doing their job. Mm -hmm. Now, th there was another, this ties back to a, a, something we talked about a second ago, but the students suggested a checklist um, that the sales quarter, sales coordinator uh, can use. And I'm curious if that checklist is now part of your, your process there as well. And, and it maybe for the sake of folks listening and watching, what's on the checklist? Yeah, I, Jennifer did just send me their checklist. Um, and it's very similar to what um, our sales coordinator uses. Okay. She's, she's detailed, and but she did tweak a little bit. I haven't seen her the finished product, but uh, I did share that with her. And I think she did tweak hers a little bit on her checklist. It was very good. Excellent. Now, there was another point the students made. And again, I realize that your uh, angst and anguish over cars not getting through the shop isn't quite as uh, uh, heavy as it was a little while ago, but um, suggested that when that when that occurs, particularly in detailing cars, that maybe you should outsource that work. And I guess I'm curious if if that's something you've also taken to heart and explored. Over the years, there's been a time or two that we have done that. There's also been a time or two where you know, I'll get college kids to come, or college kids or high school kids to come in and try to help. Mm -hmm. um, it's a little tough when you're making 70% gross margin on that stuff to send it down the street sure. uh, to do. But uh, I mean, as a last resort, if we're in a bind, uh, I would, and I have done it before, but uh, it's it's got to be way behind to, to spend, you know, lose 70% to ship it out somewhere. So. Understood. Jennifer, when, before we got started and we were chatting off, off camera, um, you, you mentioned that in in your consulting work that you're you're seeing I guess signs of of dealers with some difficulty moving cars, getting cars through service and ready. What are the what are the pain points that you're seeing as you work with the dealers that you consult with? Well, the goal always is days to market, right? So the the shorter we can make the days to market, um, the the better off we're going to be at flipping that inventory and getting the most amount of gross that we possibly can. The struggle is when you purchase so much inventory at once, your pipeline isn't set up to support that much inventory. So when you PDI a car, you have a, a skilled technician that's at a certain level but that technician might not be at the same level that you need to support the used car reconditioning process. And so the recruitment of talent um, into the service department is, is definitely probably the number one issue I'm seeing amongst most dealerships. And how we're um, overcoming that is we're doing like quick wash and vacs or pre-detail before it gets to service. So at least the merchandising can take place, um, partial photos on vehicles. Um, in which the, we can't even get the detailing done. So at least there's a representation of it. Um, but then the other issue that you run into also with pipeline is the reconditioning process. If you do it in-house and you have two people and they do X amount per day and you double that business, you've doubled the days to market. So it's either going with plan B and outsourcing it to speed it up or it's hiring more 
people or longer hours, you know, greater shift. But really, it's becoming a backlog. And I can probably tell you, I probably say 70% of the dealers on their no photo report list right now are considerably higher. Um, you know, Mark's very fortunate right now, I think, to be um, in the situation that he was able to recruit that talent. Um, the other thing I really think that came about out of this project was Mark's leadership. And I, and I mentioned that before in the last podcast, but the person at the top making the decision ultimately determines the speed and the success of the ship. And so dealership um, and Mark's really good at that. He's really good at inspecting what you expect and the processes that he put in place to make sure his managers knew what they needed to do every two weeks, I think was a big part of him being in front of it. Um, and so sometimes people are reactionary in this business. They look at a big report and they go, ah, <laughs> but he was more, more, re more proactive. And mm -hmm. he looked at it and saw a number go, okay, team, what do we have to do? Where's our backlog? And he identified that. And like he said, he was actually recruiting ahead of time. So he didn't get in that same situation. And, and I think there's a portion of our dealerships that are really good at being proactive but unfortunately we all have, you know know in retail it, we, we get busy and, and we're really busy in the used car department right now um and unless you have a position uh like like mark does where he has a dedicated admin person that handles the administrative tasks on a daily basis and can focus without the interruptions that typically a sales manager would have um, you become less effective. So I think for me, the big takeaway and the big takeaway maybe for your listeners would be have a sales coordinator, a person that handles all the administrative tasks, getting the ROs written, getting the keys, getting the titles, getting the deals booked, you know, all of that stuff that um, frankly, a used car manager per hour can produce much higher and you can delegate some of that out and get it done probably more efficiently and effectively because you get somebody who has a skill set right, to do the administrative aspect of it. So Mark was smart, again, great leadership to see that and implement that process ahead of time. So if, if I were to recommend advice, you know, I would probably say, make sure you've got somebody managing the process. So if you have to put photos, right, in front of detailer service, you have a way to coordinate it and a way to communicate with your outside vendors. So going back to that checklist, you know, the checklist also has a way to communicate that says, yep, this has a stone chip in it. So we know that when the stone chip repair guy comes in, this is the car he needs to touch or she needs to touch. Um, dentless dent removal, you know, any of those kind of alloy wheels, any of those outside services you would touch with, the checklist is a great way to track it. But again, it's very difficult when you're managing a sales team to be effective on a regular basis at the admin. That, that squares up uh, with uh, an experience. I, I spoke with a dealer um, in Virginia last week and he has now has an assistant. I think it was a, a lot uh, porter, lot tech guy that is now doing just that sales coordinator position to free him up. But but let me I'm just kind of curious for the group's take and, and maybe Mark, you could sound off on this first. But, but that dealer is selling cars to customers before they're reconditioned and, and, mm -hmm. and signing the deal and saying, well, get it done, come back in a week to take delivery. Uh, how does that strike you, that, that, that sort of transaction dynamic? It's, we have done it before. Okay. We have done it. Um, you know, 90% of the time we, we know what the car needs. And so we, and then we'll, 
we'll add to it on the recon VO. We're going to post a thousand bucks to the deal, and it's 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 especially during the pandemic that that has happened. Okay. I'd say probably 15, 20 percent of the time when these cars, not now, but prior, were reconned after the sale. Interesting. Lance, I want to pick up on something Jennifer yeah. said, which this was a tried and true, uh, you know, best practice of mine when I was a performance manager, but I made a lot of friends with this. <laughs> she talked about that partial photos. Um, and I, I have seen literally, I'm not talking about days to market, but turns increase by two and three fold when they just take that quick snapshot of the vehicle you know, we have tons of research, obviously, with our relationship with AutoTrader about how a, a real photo, a live photo actually convinces the customer that you have the car. They, they're not into stock photos and they're not into, you know, coming soon and all that. But just getting, even if it's not a great photo, right, it's from the appraisal process, getting a photo up and saying just arrived that now you've got a customer who says, hmm, I was going to drive two markets over because we're in a very low supply uh, market right now, and my local dealer has this car right now. Now, apparently, they just have one photo. Obviously, they got to get it cleaned up, but I want to be the first one to be able to see that car once it's ready because I've been shopping for that thing for you know my 12 to 18 hours worth of work that I've done <laughs> on the internet, and they've got it. And I think it's a very powerful recommendation. And many folks I talk to would be like, oh, yeah, but then we'll have problems because we'll have customers wanting to see cars before they're ready. And I'm like, really? Is that a problem? <laughs> <laughs> I would rather have a captive audience. <laughs> and I'd rather fight through that part uh, than to not let them know I had the car and have them drive somewhere else and buy a competitor's cars, in my opinion. So uh, that's a, a great point I picked up with Jennifer. And it sounds like Mark's done some of that <laughs> with yeah. that. In the recon we at least take it to the car wash and do five pictures. Get five pictures, and, and they're all outside, but around unless unless the inside's clean, there'll be a few. But we do do that. Mm -hmm. Now, Patrick, you you uh, had a question which I thought was a good closer for our for our episode segment. Could you offer that, please? Yes, yeah, so we talked as I, I looked at some of the questions about today. We've talked a lot about merchandising and speed to market and all that. I got to ask you, Mark. Uh, set that aside now. What would be the other pain point right now in your operation? You know, no merchandising, keep that out, that you would say would be the next project. <laughs> if you said, okay, I got a new group of, uh, Je Jennifer's got a new group of uh, students coming in and I want to throw something at them and let them tackle. I'm just curious of what that would be in today's market with things being a little crazy. The one thing we've struggled with is getting processes set up for service to sales, handoff or however you want to call it. You know, we, we've been buying cars here and there through service, but we don't have a true and tried process. And we've been talking about it for six months and we really got nothing done. But that would be a, an area of great importance. Give you an idea, I've got a son that's in school out in Oklahoma. And every time he takes his Chevy Impala into get service, he gets an offer for the car. Every time he goes in for an oil change, every time. And, uh, you know, and I know with Viata, we've got the service permits in there. It's, it's not a hard job to do. We just haven't figured out the process yet. Great. Right. I'm adding that to my lectures, Jennifer. I got a couple of, I got a couple of tips on that. We'll get it down through the, the, <laughs> the students and they'll be ready for the next project. Hey, project accepted, Mark. Let's okay. do it. <laughs> Sounds good. 
Well, what, one thing I have I have heard from talking to dealers about this this specific issue is it it's it's a little bit like the sales coordinator where somebody's got to be in charge, you know, and it can't be an adjunct to a raft of other responsibilities. Um, and uh, I've also heard that the soft touch there isn't it also can be effective, meaning it's just you you just appraise go ahead and appraise the car. And then just put the appraisal in the, you know, the, the, the yeah. you know, fake check offer uh, in front of them. And, and there's enough that that bite for some that, you know, that it's worthwhile to do that. Sure. Well, that brings us to our a close of this episode. I want to thank you all, Mark. Thank you for taking the time to do the project, number one, and then join us for two podcasts and share your perspective. Appreciate that. I've enjoyed it very much. Thank Good. You. And Jennifer, thank you, as always. Thank you, Lance. Thank you, Patrick. Thank you, Mark. Yes, and thank you, Patrick. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you all for joining us for this episode of the V-Auto Podcast. Until next time, stay well. Stay well.